Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Tastemaker Conversations, a food blogger podcast for foodie influencers and content creators where we share tips and resources to help you grow your food blogging business. I'm Susie. And I'm Todd. Together we are Hey Grill Hey. (laughs) I like to say that because you started it and now I'm a part of it and it's fun. Anyway, um, we're excited for today's podcast. It's going to be awesome. We're interviewing ThermalWorks. Uh, Today we will be talking to Tim and Chef Martin from ThermalWorks. They will be our headlining sponsor at Tastemaker Conference, which we are so excited about. And today we are going to be discussing the history of ThermalWorks, the science behind the thermometers that they create, what that has to do with you turning out the best food possible, but also the best recipes possible. We are also going to cover... Uh, their affiliate program and what affiliate marketing looks like, especially as a food blogger and some unique ways that we can start incorporating more affiliate marketing into our income strategies. So let's get started. Here we go. ThermalWorks brings scientific precision and robust industrial design to professional temperature tools for food safety and culinary excellence. Their flagship thermometer, the Thermapen MK4, is the go-to kitchen tool for the world's top professional kitchens and discerning home cooks alike. I personally have an orange one. Joining us today are Vice President of Marketing, Marketing, Tim Robinson, and ThermalWorks Culinary Editor, Chef Martin Earle. Tim is, among other things, the author of 15 books and an adjunct professor of digital marketing. Chef Martin has a BA in physics, an MA in the history and philosophy of science, and an associate's degree in culinary arts, and I am feeling completely unqualified to interview either of them, but I'm really excited to learn um, a lot about ThermalWorks and a lot about the company and get a little bit of background on our headlining sponsors for Tastemaker Conference and also give you guys some great takeaways and tips, not just on thermometers, baking, grilling, and cooking, uh, but also some great things that you can use in your food blogging business. So to get started, I really do want to dive into the background of ThermalWorks. So I'm going to throw this one to Tim, who, like I said, is the vice president of marketing at ThermalWorks, and he's going to give us the background. So, Tim, I would yes. love to know, welcome, first of all. I just yeah, got so, so excited. Yeah, it's so great to be here, Susie, <laughs> and, and to be involved with Tastemakers is just a huge thrill for us, and awesome to be on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I got so excited reading all of your stuff, I wanted to jump right in, but like, hey, welcome. Hi, Chef Martin is also here. Hi, I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited to talk to you today about all these fun things. And Todd is running things behind the scenes today, just so that we don't have all of the man voices taking <laughs> over the conversation. Um, okay, so I would love to get kind of your idea of the ThermalWorks background. I know you guys are a yeah. family-owned company, so give me a little history. Yeah, I mean, let's start with that, and then um, it's a family-owned company. Why is that important? That's important because... Uh, the, the, there's a long-term growth strategy, right? So ThermalWorks has been built on two basic, simple ideas. You think everybody would use these ideas, but it's amazing how rare they are. Make the best products you could possibly make and then have the best customer service, right? Those are the two main ideas. And Randy Owen, our CEO and founder, um, had those two ideas. He started the company in his basement. You know, for the first six years, it was his kid's boxing literally every box and shipping them out the back door. Um, 
but the company has grown because of its commitment to those two principles. And there are no shareholders or, you know, financial investment firms breathing down our necks, demanding performance. Um, you know, we get to deliver on those two promises day in and day out. And, and then the other kind of key element is just that expertise thing that you were kind of teasing us about. But, but Randy came from a company that made these unbelievable thermometers. There's actually a thing in the world called the super thermometer 1504A. I hope I got that right. Someone will probably write in. Um, but it was made by a company called Heart Scientific that Randy used to be the president of. We still use them. It's accurate to 0.000015 degrees Celsius. That's well, a lot of zeros. That is a lot of zeros. <laughs> and they use these like A, in calibration labs to measure the accuracy of other thermometers. Yep. That's how we use it still today in our calibration lab. But then also for, you know, these aerospace applications or manufacturing these highly technical kinds of things. So Randy came straight from highly uh, technical, um, the world of, of, of high accuracy, and figured out ways to get accuracy and speed into the hands of people like Susie and Todd, right? So that you could get all of those benefits while grilling a, uh, a hamburger or you know smoking a, a brisket. Um, and, and, and that's basically the history of the company. Founded in 97, um, and then just, you know, we're still kind of a family company here. We have all of our customer care people sit at, you know, about 15 feet away from where Martin and I are right now. Um, there's nobody in Bangalore. Um, our technical sales people live another 100 yards beyond that. Um, and uh, we take care of you. We've got all of our, we've got a, ca a calibration lab, all of our uh, technical support, uh, all of our shipping is done right here in the same building. So we're all here like a family, even though we're not all members of the family. And a lot of the other thermometer companies, you know, they do the thing, right? They get their thermometers made in China. Ours are handmade in England. Um, they uh, have their their customer care. If you can find them or outsourced, you know, to India, um, that's that's how businesses are run these days. But right. but ThermWorks is an exception, and, and it makes it a fun place to work. Well, and it makes it a fun place to visit, too. I'm in Utah, and you guys are about 10 minutes down the road from me, and I love your guys' storefront. I've been there for a few different events and it's fantastic. It's great to see um, kind of the culture that you guys have built within your company. So that's really fantastic. Uh, and you guys, um, I have there a note on here that you guys are the only food thermometer company to have a certified calibration lab actually in your headquarters. That is true. And, and in fact, we have a guy uh, who sits... Um, through the cement wall from the calibration lab named Tom Wyant, who uh, used to be the head of the uh, thermometry uh, committee in the Associate, American Association of Standards of Laboratory Equipment, A2LA, I've got that wrong. But, <laughs> but anyway, anyway th this is like one of the top five experts in the world on uh, measuring temperatures. And he, he works in the same building as Martin and me. And if we have any questions and, and you just kind of have to put your, you know, I'm not going to understand half of what he said, <laughs> <laughs> but you just go in and, and ask him a question and eventually you get these unbelievable answers. And, and that's the kind of company Thermworks it is. It, it's kind of over the top, right? But 
But it's so great to have real answers to real questions. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I love your enthusiasm about it. It's contagious. You can tell. I'm like, I want to go get, I just want to hold my thermometer now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just to know the background of it is great. So for foodies and these food bloggers, everyone listening, um, I kind of want to jump in a little bit and pick Chef Martin's brain because I want to know, like we used some big words and talked about your certifications, but I want to know what that kind of means to the home chef and what that means to us as food bloggers and creators. Um, Maybe you could give me, just start talking about how having a fast and accurate thermometer makes such a difference for the home cook and the food blogger. Do you think you could take that one, Chef Martin? Absolutely, no problem. So there's lots and lots of ways that, that temperature matters in cooking. And there's lots of ways where speed and accuracy really matter. Um, we focus a lot of our marketing and a lot of our attention goes towards the barbecue community. Um, but really, uh, that's that's one of the places where, where temperature is the easiest to handle because everything is happening so slowly. But if you have, for instance, if you buy a really good quality steak, you get great meat, maybe a nice prime cut or something like that, and you want to cook it to like a perfect medium rare, the range for medium rare is only five degrees. And you're cooking a steak over really, really high heat, which means there's a lot of thermal energy being pumped into that steak at any given moment. And that means that that temperature is changing rapidly. Um, If you look, one of the things we talk about a lot is gradients, temperature gradients. So you have the outside of the steak is right here against the super hot pan and the inside of the steak. And you have every range of temperatures in between represented uh, going through there. But those that range of temperatures is shrinking and it's changing. And if you think of kind of like a, um, uh, the, the rings on a tree, if you look at the inside of it, you can kind of imagine these these thermal layers. So by having a fast thermometer, you can get into the part that is the coldest in the meat because meat is only as done as its least cooked part. Right. Um, if you want a medium rare steak, you want to know what you know the, the lowest temperature is. And you can get into that section of, of it in the very center. And because it's acting so quickly, you can see what temperature you have. Uh, instead of waiting around for a dial thermometer that can take you know, 5, 10, 15 seconds to adjust to its final temperature. That's not even getting into the problems with dial thermometers, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, but, but what you want is you want to know what that temperature is right now, and right. you want to know exactly what it is. Because with a range of only 5 degrees between medium rare and, um, and medium well, or, or just medium, rather, um, you don't have a lot of room for error. Right. Uh, and so having an accurate thermometer, our thermopen is accurate to 0.7 degrees. And that's the kind of specificity that you want when you're cooking food. Uh, the same goes for candy making. You know, like the difference between softball stage and hardball stage is, again, it's like four degrees or something like that. That's exactly There's- what I was thinking of next is like I do a lot of steaks, but there are a lot of people that maybe don't grill a lot of meat or don't do a lot of... I mean, outdoor barbecue and cooking, but yeah. there are so many other applications and candy was the first one that came up. So carry on. I'm excited. Oh, absolutely. Well, especially, you know, uh, when it comes to the, the food blogger community, I know there's a lot of candy makers and confectioners in the food blogging community. And those people really need to take control of their temperatures because they're really important. If you get the, if you get the temperature wrong on your caramel by as little as one degree, sometimes it's either not going to set up or it's going to be too hard. You have a very narrow window. Um, uh, and so if you're just a little cool, it's not going to work out. If you're a little too hot, you're toast. So 
having something that reads quickly and can tell, especially, you know, again, you're boiling the sugar syrup on the stove and you've got lots of heat going in there. Uh, to be able to stir a thermopen around in there and get the overall temperature in a lot of spots in the pot, find out really what's going on there and know it to within 0.7 degrees. That's the kind of control you really want. Because, you know, I make these caramels uh, sometimes and I like them about a degree and a half more done than the recipe calls for. And that and I can do that. And how would you even I, know that otherwise? That's what's blowing my mind. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. you hear a lot of things, especially in barbecue or like my grandmother who made amazing toffees and amazing caramels and candies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of it back then was like to touch. You just kind of have to do it a million times and then touch it a million times. And it takes a lot of over and over and over and over and over again to really get and a lot of messed up batches of food. It takes so many that. messed up batches of caramels yes. to learn to do it. And, you know, there are people, you, you like your grandmother and like, like you know, really high-end pastry chefs and things like that, who honestly, they know what the sugar syrup is like by watching the color of the bubbles. Yeah, that's like their life's work, the bubbles. though. <laughs> but for the rest of us, um, you know, it, it, it's really good to have this, uh, th- this thing that you can depend on yeah. to get it right every time instead of, Wasting, you know, 7, 12, 15 pounds of sugar while you swear at your caramels. Exactly. Can I, can I chime in? This is Tim. Please. So I liken this to, uh, we've just recently been through a home improvement project. I don't know if you <clears throat> dived into the interesting rabbit hole of DIY home improvement YouTube yes. videos. <laughs> but, but, you know, there's like this experienced plumber or, you know, framer or something in the video and giving you instructions on what to do to fix the leak or to put in a new wall. Um, and here's the thing, I can do that stuff. I don't have any training, but I have tools. I have a tape measure, uh, I have a level. I've, I've invested in some of these tools. And so an expert can tell me what to do and then I can actually replicate that work in my own home and it looks pretty good. Where, and it's the same kind of thing with food, right? Your, your grandma honed over, you know, 70 years of experimentation, um, an eye and a touch for the perfect caramel. Right. But how do you convey that to somebody through a food blog or, you know, over the phone? Well, you can, but you need <laughs> some instruments like a tape measure. And that happens to be a fast and accurate thermometer. Exactly. And I actually specifically write my recipes almost all of them to temperature. And that's because hey. I can create a recipe at my house. I can test it multiple times. I can get it down perfectly, exactly where I think it needs to be. And then I can convey that process to a reader who wasn't here in my kitchen, who wasn't even cooking it right belong or right alongside me, seeing each step that I took but I can tell them exactly what I did and by using an accurate thermometer like I can tell you cook a brisket to this temperature and then wrap it and then cook it to this temperature because that's so easy for people to follow. And anytime anybody asks me like, hey, what's your number one tip for me to be a better griller? I always say get a good thermometer, a good thermometer, fast thermometer. I do recommend Thermorx. I'm actually a Thermorx affiliate and I post them all the time in my, in my recipes because 
it, it gives people more control over their food and they have a better experience. So when they can recreate a recipe that I have made with accuracy, they want to come back to my site over and over again because it turned out exactly how I said it would because they followed the steps that I was able to give them. So I love that like parallel to using that expert advice to convey to the reader at home because if they have the right tools, they can, they can replicate that experience, which is exactly Absolutely. what I want. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's something that I, you know, that uh, bloggers need to pay attention to when, when you when you give that advice. You're absolutely right. Because, you know, how many how many chicken recipes have you read on the Internet that say cook the chicken on uh, like five minutes per side until it's done? Yeah. And and like how big is my chicken? How hot is my stove? You know, uh, how cold is my house? None, none of those factors are, are, are addressed in so many recipes. But if you say cook the chicken to 160 degrees, that's something that everybody can do who has a thermometer. Right. You know, if you're just poking the chicken, you're going to end up with some pretty overcooked chicken, statistically speaking. Poking it with your finger. <laughs> yeah, poking it with your finger. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's just no way – it's no way to give instructions. No. You know, that's like saying – uh, how do I get your house? Well, drive east for a while and then turn left. It's like, okay, well, I don't know where that is. <laughs> but I can um, take a guess. I guess, I guess I'll wrong. just like, you're, you're, you're east of here. I guess I'll find that eventually something. <laughs> or you might not. Or not. Or so, you might so, end up so, somewhere yeah, scary. That, 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 that is, you know, and you're exactly right, especially when it comes to, to bloggers looking to, to better the experience of their readers and therefore increase readership. Uh, if you give people uh, recipes that they can succeed at, yeah, then they will come back. Exactly. And then you don't get the complaints of, my chicken was dry. I cooked it all of the same minutes that you did and it came out dry. I'm never cooking one of your recipes again. <laughs> In food, we've kind of gotten used to relying, back me up on this, Chef Martin, that, uh, relying on physical artifacts browning and shimmering and, and, and uh, you know, the change of color or how it puffs and those uh -huh. kinds of things. And that's because we've been cooking for thousands of years and we've only had these fast and accurate thermometers for the last 25. Right. So, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still measure those things because you'll, you'll be amazed at what you learn by measuring physical processes and realizing, oh, I like it at this temperature. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. Uh, that, that, that's, that's, and, well, and the great thing about it is that, like I said, with the caramels that I like about a degree and a half more done. I can write that down on the recipe. I can put that in the recipe card and I can record that and I can know that every time exactly how I like it. Yep. And that gives me, and that gives me, you know, what, what, you know, the old saw that knowledge is power is completely true. You, by having this information available to you because of your instrumentation, uh, you have the power to create exactly the dish that you want. And that's really great. That is really great. I was literally watching a commercial um, on the cooking channel yesterday, and they were talking about grilling steaks. They said, one really quick and easy tip to know if you've cooked your steak perfectly is you pinch your finger and your thumb together, and then you touch the meaty part of your thumb. And then based on what finger you're touching with your thumb and how firm your the meaty part of your thumb feels that's when your steak is done. And I just like had to walk away from the television because I was yeah. like, no, you know, you, we don't have to keep giving people this advice. We don't have to keep giving people this old advice of just like, well, look at it and poke it. Like we have the tools now 
to give them more accurate, better information so that they get a better result. Yeah, that's literally like a Bronze Age method for Seriously. checking steak. Oh my gosh, and I was so mad. On that one. <laughs> Anybody listening to this, and, and Martin and I are going to do this right now, and Martin and I are pretty physically similar, but if you do that, like you put your, your thumb to, let's say, your ring finger, and I'm going to poke my thumb, the base of my thumb, and I'm going to poke Martin's, <laughs> it feels not too dissimilar, actually. That's that's as close as I've ever felt it. Usually, they are dra- dramatically different. If Todd and Susie, if you guys do this, you're gonna, it's gonna feel completely different. Oh, and I can Every, tell you right now, because Todd plays guitar. His hands, he's got like the meatiest, most muscly hands, and mine are like tender little baby computer hands. They don't <laughs> yeah, feel the I same mean, at all. <laughs> there's, there is no consistency between thumbs. No. Let alone steaks. Anyway, so I was dying. So I just, I'm really, I love thermometers so much and I love thermometers. So I would love to talk to you guys a little bit because I feel like we've like, we've covered this. I'm excited. Um, so, some of the different types of thermometers, like mechanical versus digital. Um, I've heard of thermistors versus thermocouples and what those are, what kind of the technical differences are and what to look for in a good thermometer. So thermometers started many years ago. Martin, what's the first thermometer? I mean, well, uh, there's really ancient ones, but really we start up at Galileo with an air thermometer uh, where he he used the compression and expansion of gases to draw water up into a tube. It's a terrible way to take temperature. You get chicken juice all over the bulb. It's <laughs> But we still use this technology, right? If you get Absolutely. A, a, a traditional candy thermometer, yeah. what, what is it? It's liquid. It's alcohol. It's, it's red-dyed alcohol that's expanding and contracting due to its thermal properties. There you go. So that's one way of measuring temperature, a physical change. Uh, we, we also have these um, crystals that change color. Susie, can you guess what, what that would be? The crystals that change color at different temperatures? You sometimes wear oh. them on your finger and it... Oh, are they it, diamonds, really? No. no, mood oh. rings. <laughs> mood rings. I was like, I did not know diamonds did that. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. I, wa- I want a diamond thermometer. I want a changing colored diamond now thermometer. Now we know what Susie wears on her finger. Sign me up for high. that one. <laughs> <laughs> Susie wears diamonds on her finger. But, <laughs> but we have mood rings over here. Mood rings are just crystals that change color based on heat. So there are some things that change with physical properties. You also have these different metals that change and expand. And that's what a like a dial thermometer is, is two different metals that expand at different rates when exposed to heat. They're wrapped around each other in a spring. And that means that when the heat goes up, it torques. And that's what physically moves the dial on that old thermometer that you still have in your drawer, right? That, that That's a, a dial thermometer. We sometimes call it a bimetal thermometer. Okay. Two metals. Yeah, those are, and that, that that's a cool experiment and a cool technology for a long time ago. For a long time ago. Huge problems with this. It takes about 15, 20 seconds for it to finish expanding and give you a temperature. Right. At which point, frankly, the temperature has changed. Uh, and then also the sensor size. The sensor is about an inch and a half to two inches long. And so if you're you know, measuring a hamburger or a steak, that means half of the sensor is in the steak, not even half, maybe a third. And the rest of it is out in the air and it's averaging air temperature. <laughs> and you literally have no idea what temperature your steak is. And here's the worst part. You're going to make decisions about doneness based on that 
completely fallacious information. And at this point, you're probably better off just poking it with your finger. I think. <laughs> poking it is is preferable to using a bimetallic thermometer. Yeah. Well, I go didn't ahead and know. use the thumb test use if all you have thing. is a dial thermometer. So, I did not know about a lot of these things when I first started grilling specifically. And we, a lot of grills come with dome thermometers. Those are, yeah, and, mechanical thermometers, bimetal thermometers. Yeah, and they just stick them in the top of your grill, and I, we just try to gauge temperature based on that, and we were off, like, so many times. It was so bad. We finally actually just took it out and covered yeah. up the hole because looking at it just made us so mad <laughs> all of the time. Well, and the other big problem with the dome thermometer, of course, is that it's sticking into the very, very, very top, which is, are you cooking your meat on the top? where the dome is. No, it's down at the grill, right? Which is completely different. So yeah, that's a useless piece of equipment. So take yeah. it out. <laughs> and that's what we find. <laughs> it's great today. for decoration. <laughs> they look nice. So then, then you have digital thermometers. That's a step up, but there are these two different technologies. The most common is a thermistor, which is a portmanteau was the word of the day, which are two words jammed together. I feel like what there's been a lot of words of the that's day a today. Thermal resistor. Yes, there you go. A lot of words today. Thermal resistor together, Pormato, is thermistor. It measures resistance. Uh, it's got a little silicone bead at the end, a little resistor at the end, at the tip. Now you have a smaller sensor size. That is good. Um, but most thermistors, like if you go to Walmart and buy a thermometer, that's going to be a thermistor. Most of them are not very fast. You're back in the 15-second range. They're not very accurate. You're like plus or minus four degrees. And again, you're making important decisions about the doneness of food based on some pretty inaccurate information. Because again, plus or minus four degrees when you're doing candy making is useless. You're just, you might as well be looking at bubble size there. Right. Right. That's an eight degree swing, plus or minus. So those are thermistors. Now, by the way, you can get very good thermistors. Some thermistors are incredibly accurate. Um, they're just more expensive and, and harder to make. We make a product called the Thermopop. Yeah. It sells $29, and it is accurate to plus or minus two degrees in about three seconds, three to four seconds. Yeah. So that's a pretty fast one, right? And that's, that's a thermistor? That's a thermistor. And those are my favorite things to give away. I've given one to my sister and my mom, the Thermopops, because they're the perfect yeah. size. I love them, and I think they're a great price point, too. And they look like little lollipops. And they, they're just adorable, and they come in a million colors. They so come I love in all them. colors. They're super fun. They have a little <laughs> rotating screen. Thermistors are also featured in some of our leave-in probe technology, so where speed is not quite so important. Um, we can talk about this a little later. Maybe Martin can address it. But there are two different types of thermometers. There's the the leave-in probe, where you stick a, a probe in something to kind of see what how its temperature is changing over time. Uh, and then there's the instant read, where you're drawing the the probe through the, the the meat in a couple different places, or the bread, or the casserole, or the candy, whatever the whatever it is you're doing, just to see what the current temperature is. And we use and both all of the time at our you house. Have to use both. It, I like to talk of them like the, one's the speedometer in your car, and one's the odometer in your car. Yeah. One tells you how far you've come, and the other tells you how fast you're going. And you really need both to get around, right? Yep. You wouldn't want to give up one of those two in your car. No. And so the, the leave-in probes have a little more time to come up to temperature and to adjust with the food. So uh, the smoke, which is one of our thermometers, that's an awesome thermometer, the chef alarm, the dot, those all use uh, thermistors as well. And we have them all. I'm, and a, you use I have a, I'm, a, pro, I'm a collector. <laughs> now we have the king of all uh, sensors is the thermocouple. 
And the thermocouple is just two different metals that are uh, welded together and they conduct voltage at different rates depending upon temperatures. So there's oh. this curve, you know, that's built into the electronics that says if, it, if the voltage is this, this is the temperature. And that's kind of how that works. But it's, it's faster. It's more accurate. It's more expensive, right? So this used to be kind of reserved for the realm of science and, and laboratories to have thermocouples. Um, and you would think of a handheld that has like a box in one hand and a cord to a probe in the right hand. Well, those have been combined into this thermopen, which kind of radicalized the whole world, right, of, of food measurement because it's, it's built in. It's got the folding probe. It's got all the electronics built into the handle. Um, and this is accurate to 0. 0.7 degrees in two, two, two to three seconds. Um, also, thermocouples are much more accurate over longer periods of time. They don't experience drift. If you drop them, they don't fall out of calibration. Just a much more robust technology. Um, it's going to be accurate for much, much longer. And that's why, you know, 99 bucks for a thermometer. Are you kidding? Well, <laughs> A, you're going to spend a lot more than that on overcooked food uh, that you're not going to enjoy. And B, this thing's going to last you for 10 years, right? Because oh, it's yeah. so accurate and so robust. And Go probably ahead. longer. And I can testify to the dropping thing. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. And, and it's also waterproof. <laughs> Waterproof to, I think, three feet for 30 minutes or something like that. Yes. This is, this is the James Bond of food thermometers. So if you, you go ahead and drop it in the sink and just fish it out and keep taking temperatures, it's going to be fine. Oh, my gosh. I love it. So I love mine. I, like I said, I have an orange um, Thermopen MK4, which is kind of like your handheld go-to. And every time people ask, they give me that like $99 for a thermometer thing. And then I'll have five more people chime in on the same thread that are like, I've bought it. It's worth every penny. I'll never go back. <laughs> and so like people who know, like they know and they're yeah, behind it a hundred percent. It's kind of like, I don't know if I, how to, you know, I don't know if you use these little armbands that tell you how many steps you've taken. Um, or you can buy these apps that, you know, tell you how many words you've written in a day. When you get information that's valuable to you, it's hard to imagine going back. And, and once you start learning the actual internal temperatures of the food that you make, it do, I have to say it kind of changes the way you approach life. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It's just a life changer. It really is. Um, oh, my gosh. I love it. I feel like we've covered so much for the home cook, for the food blogger specifically, and I feel like we're all just a little bit smarter, which makes me happy. So I want to steer this conversation specifically towards Thermalworks. And because this is a podcast for food bloggers and foodie influencers, um, kind of how Thermalworks is currently working with influencers. Um, I know you guys have an affiliate marketing program, and I would love to chat about that uh, kind of because I have a lot of personal experiences with that also. So I think we can have a great conversation and leave our listeners with some good takeaways, um, kind of to help improve their food blogging business. We've also obviously covered like get a thermometer because it will help you, uh, improve your food blogging for your readers and it will benefit them and it will benefit you. Um, but specifically about affiliate marketing, um, how we can make that work in the food blogging industry. So what does your affiliate program currently look like? So um, uh, we, we vet our affiliates to make sure that they are, you know, quality that's going to represent our brand. Uh, they're careful about they're the careful. work they do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we don't we, we, we don't ally ourselves with sloppy food bloggers. Um, 
but but beyond that, what we we welcome people into our affiliate program who are going to uh, use temperature in their blogs, who are going to use them on their Instagram and things like that. And uh, we we have it set up so that um, every sale that uh, you accomplish as an affiliate, we get ten you get ten percent of that sale, um, which is really quite nice. Um, so if you mention the thermopen on your blog and somebody clicks on it and they buy it, uh, it's a $99 thermopen. You get $9.90 just for somebody clicking on a story they were already very much enjoying on your blog, hopefully. So this whole affiliate approach, which Martin described well, um, is sometimes a little counterintuitive, I've learned, for food bloggers. I think it's more common in, in the fashion world uh, where you know if you refer somebody to a dress or a blouse that costs two hundred and fifty dollars. You know, a percentage of that is 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 a, is a pretty good deal. Food bloggers, it feels like they're more commonly working with ketchup and mayonnaise and 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 you know bacon and spatulas, spatulas and and things like that. Where ten percent of that is pennies, yes, right? Yes, it is. And and so it it does kind of take a, a bit of a cognitive switch to kind of think about being an affiliate, uh, having an affiliate relationship as a food blogger. We're but. like we're like the Christian Dior of thermometers. <laughs> Just think of us like that. And, I love and that's it. the point is is that these are higher price items. You are going to get some significant revenue from from making a referral. And and the way that it works really really well uh, for people who can kind of make that cognitive shift and think about themselves as as having an affiliate relationship um, instead of just a sponsored relationship. The way that it works really really well is for people like yourself, Susie, who. Um, just get in the habit of talking about temperatures. If you kind of take that um, challenge to be specific about temperatures in your in your own work, and you use you know the best of the best, which are the ThermalWorks products, to make those measurements, it actually just becomes a natural projection of the work that you're doing. To say, like you would say, you know, cook this brisket to this temperature, and then wrap it, and then cook it to this temperature. Those specific temperatures, you can say, as measured with you know an instant read thermometer. That can be a link. And right. so it becomes almost this, it's not an in-your-face kind of thing. It's not a uh, having to, to shill or having to kind of stick it in people's faces. It's a natural part of the work that you're already doing, which is wanting to be careful about temperatures so that the work you're doing is reproducible. And then those are just natural links to, and here's a great way to, to get those measurements and to make sure that your stuff turns out the same way that it looks on our blog. Right. And it becomes this very kind of dynamic week in, week out, kind of just these are the tools you need to be successful. And that can be a really lucrative, productive uh, part of your business as a food blogger. It absolutely can. And I have learned also that your readers, who are your biggest fans, who love you the most, they want what you have. And it's when you're like holding out and you don't tell people what you use, like they want to get those exact same results. They want to see the same success that you're having with the food that you're cooking. And so by sharing that, you're just giving them another avenue to become better cooks and to become better um, and to get those better experiences at home. And for me, like Todd and I talk about this all of the time. Um, one of our biggest pillars of our business specifically is giving people experiences, like creating experiences for our readers. And our experience is that people love barbecue and they love when it's awesome. And we want to give them the ability to share that with their family too. So whether that's a perfectly baked bread or cake 
or caramels or meat or whatever the case is, to be able to give them that opportunity um, to have the same success in their home is an experience that they'll keep coming back for. And we've talked about that. But a lot of times I think bloggers are hesitant, like you said, to jump into affiliate marketing, not just because the money's not there, but because they don't want to sound like sales pitchy. Right. But when you're when you're offering them an avenue to become a better cook and you're offering them an experience that's of higher value to them, it's not salesy at all. And that's what I've experienced in my blog. I actually have a goal to include an affiliate link to a thermometer on every post that requires a temperature because I know that it will give them a better experience at home. So it definitely is a shift in mindset from what we're traditionally used to, but man, there's some perks. Like I personally make pretty good money from affiliate being an affiliate with Thermworks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and, and, and you, you, you make a good point there that it's just, it's just a matter of conveying the experience, giving them the experience. People are so much more interested in experiences right now than in things. Uh, but so, so, so by, by telling them how to have the same experience and then, uh, like you said, just, just, putting it in for every temperature, everything that needs a temperature, and just throwing it in there, uh, you bring that quality to them uh, and, and to, your own, uh, to your own pocketbook. Exactly. The, the amazing thing is that uh, before we even um, launched an affiliate program, back in the early days of ThermalWorks, you know, we had these luminaries, um, Alton Brown, right? People have heard of him. Um, Christopher Kimball in America's Test Kitchen, um, in the world of breads, it was Rose Levy Berenbaum. You know, she wrote the bread Bible and the baking Bible. Um, Thomas Keller of the restaurant world. I mean, these are like the really big names. Yeah. And these people, without any affiliate program, without any compensation attached to it all, were telling people about the Thermopen. And why were they doing that? They were doing that because they were finding that the Thermopen was an integral part of the success they were finding in the work they were doing and they wanted to share that. Exactly. And, and so if you can kind of just emulate what they did and not be ashamed to just share, sometimes we're ashamed because there's, there's a monetization at attached to it, but <clears throat> you know, if you just share that enthusiasm, right. um, then people will sense that that's authentic and, and they want to buy that and they want you to be rewarded for that, right? They want to support your blog. Yeah. And so it ends up working as a win, 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 right? It's a win for you. It's a win for ThermalWorks. It's a win for your readers. And it's a win for everybody who eats the food. That <laughs> <Yeah>. those <readers laughs> Which might make. be the biggest win. Yeah. Absolutely. I've specifically though had people message me and say, hey, I'm buying a ThermalWorks smoke for my father-in-law who loves grilling. Do you have an affiliate link? Because they know that I'm affiliated with ThermalWorks and they sincerely want to support my business while giving you their business. And so and I've specifically sent people affiliate links right before they purchase because they know that I'm affiliated. And they want you to benefit. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's really powerful. Okay, so I want to, um, like I said, I want to give people some takeaways. So I would love to have our listeners who are food bloggers and foodie influencers who feel like they could build a great relationship with Thermworks and they're creating quality content. Is there a way that they can reach out to you and start the affiliate process before Tastemaker actually starts? There it is. Um, if you just go to thermworks.com, I'm doing this right now so that I can make sure I give you just the right information. Perfect. At the bottom 
of the um, in the footer, uh, there's a, a link that says become an affiliate. That's the easiest way. You just go to thermworks.com, you click the become an affiliate link that's underneath our company in the footer of every page, um, and then there's a little program overview, and then there's a click here to apply, and then that goes to Katie Forsgren, who um, runs our influencer and affiliate and marketing she program. she's phenomenal, by the way. I love working with Katie. It's so good to be in an affiliate program where you actually have a relationship with the affiliate manager. It makes all of the difference. And Katie is so careful with detail, right? She's, yes. She, she gets everything right. She makes sure you have all the details for every promotion that you need. Yep. Um, and if you have a problem, you call her and she takes care of it. It's that customer service model that we apply to our affiliate program as well. Um, and so, yeah, you, you can start getting ready right now. Exactly. Um, I, I would like to say we're also thrilled to be working with, uh, with Abby and with the Tastemakers Conference and, and to be a sponsor. Um, and, uh, we can't wait to, to tell you all more about, uh, thermometers and about how, how they can upgrade your, your food blog experience and how you can monetize uh, through the affiliate program. Oh my gosh. I can't wait either. I'm so excited. Your enthusiasm and your passion for the work that you do is absolutely contagious. And I think it's relatable because food bloggers feel the same way. We have so much passion and so much care and so much love for the work that we do. And we want to provide the best experiences for our readers also. So I feel like you guys are the perfect fit for Tastemaker. I personally am just thrilled that you guys are one of the headlining sponsors because we've had a relationship for so long and it has been completely fantastic to talk to you. So if you want to give us any last minute where we can find you um, online before Tastemaker or any, just any little last little nuggets that you want to share before we finish this out? Well, I mean, uh, you know, obviously check out our website, thermalworks.com. Also the blog, uh, blog.thermalworks.com uh, is a great place to see kind of how to, how to use these best practices and how to monetize your blog better uh, uh, using this kind of thing. Uh, you'll see lots of examples of just inline citations uh, and inline links of things like that. Uh, plus, you know, there's some, there's some, uh, some good recipes and some, some, I, I like to think some good writing there, but that's, I, yeah. I would, I would think that. My, my, that's Martin's domain, the blog. So, so a little self-promotion, sure never hurt anybody. Type in the search bar, anything you're looking for. Um, and then also we, you know, at the bottom of thermworks.com, you'll see our, you know, our, you know, we're at, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest and YouTube and, you know, all the social channels. So look for us there too. Fantastic. And I hope everyone who is listening and planning to attend Tastemaker just take a few minutes um, and become or like interested and familiar with Thermalworks. And I would love for you all to take a moment and apply to become an affiliate and start becoming familiar with the program so that at Tastemaker we can give you the tools to really optimize that experience and bring more income to your businesses. Um, I want to give a big thank you to Tim and a big thank you to Chef Martin for being here today and again for their participation in Tastemaker Conference. We're very excited. I hope you guys have an awesome week. Thank you. Thank you. And you also. <laughs> See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye, Susan. Hey, Tastemakers. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this podcast with Tim and Chef Martin as much as we enjoyed making it. It was a great conversation with some amazing takeaways. We are thrilled to have Thermorgs as the headlining sponsor for our first ever Tastemaker Conference. I really hope you all check the link in the post for this podcast. Get yourself signed up to be an affiliate for Thermorgs when you guys are at Tastemaker Conference in September, 
so that you can meet these guys face to face, uh, get to know a little bit more about them and get your affiliate program started. We can't wait to see you guys all September 14th and 15th in Salt Lake City at Tastemaker Conference. As of right now, the tickets are sold out, which is amazing. What an exciting group of people we're gonna have at the conference. If you were not able to get a ticket this year, still visit the website tastemakerconference.com. You can add yourself to the waitlist and also be the first to know if tickets become available or when our announcements are for next year. We'll see you guys there.